You're listening to The Occupational Philosophers with Simon Banks and John Rice. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Occupational Philosophers, a not-so-serious business podcast designed to spark your curiosity, your imagination, your creativity, and a little bit of philosophy thrown in for good measure. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host and collaborator, Simon Banks. Hello, Simon. Hello, John. Good evening to you. Good to see you, as always. You've been thinking about something. I can see a small furrowed <laughs> brow. What have you been thinking about, Simon? Well, let me tell you a little story. The other evening, John, I was running my 14-year-old son and his mate to uh, somewhere for their evening entertainment. And his son said to me, oh, have you got a podcast? So we talk a little bit about that. And what's it called? Ah, The Occupational Philosophers. And then his question was, what's philosophy? And I sort of went, eh, 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 and I tried to explain it in a <laughs> bunch of different ways. So it's about wisdom, it's about looking at the world differently, but all completely tongue-tied, which made me reflect and think, oh, even though our show is called The Occupational Philosophers, <laughs> I'm not sure if I can really explain it that well. <laughs> so I thought I'd dive in to a little bit more around this just to refresh, I guess, both of our memories possibly. And also, if you're just listening for the first time, it'll take us back to the origins of the show. Yeah, that's a good point, isn't it? What is philosophy? So did you go on a bit of an exploration then and try to Well, John, of, I went- <laughs> Did you just, you went to Wikipedia first, didn't you? No, I didn't. I oh, went you to didn't? Where, all mo- where all modern man goes, and uh, <laughs> not men, all modern human humans go. I went to ChatGPT. And my question was- <laughs> Firstly, just when I was actually diving around, when you say, what is philosophy, that is in itself a philosophical question. Ah. Okay, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. Now, chat GPT, GPT, I should say, explain philosophy to a 14-year-old. Philosophy is like an adventure for your mind. It's a way of thinking deeply about life and the world around us. Just like you might wonder why we're here or what's the right thing to do, philosophy helps us explore these big questions. It's not just about finding answers, but also about asking more questions, exclamation mark. And this is when I realized that ChatGPT does not have a 14-year-old. <laughs> she don't say things with exclamation marks, so they think, loser. Anyway, going on, philosophers look at things like what is real, that we can know for sure and how we should behave. They use their imaginations and clever thinking to understand how our minds and the world work. It's like exercising your brain to understand yourself and the universe better. And this is where I completely tapped out of it. The last thing, and it's pretty cool, exclamation mark. <laughs> Double thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, that's when I thought. Uh, <laughs> That's when I realised AI still has its... Uh... <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we're going to be sort of garnering any 14-year-old listeners anytime soon, are we? <laughs> With that description. <laughs> yeah, but I like, you know, that is a way to not dumb it down, but to simplify it, which I think Absolutely. philosophy is, yeah, essentially a non-simple way of looking at the world, but also the other flip side of that is actually might make things really simple. Yeah. I would go with most of that, actually, about the curiosity, asking questions, understanding the world and ourselves. That's the kind of thought I had. Yeah. You know, it's like Socrates, know thyself, and the unexamined life is not worth living. So it was all about that inward looking curiosity as well as the outward one to the universe. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah. Hey, exclamation mark. And I like that they've got, they use, they being philosophers, use their imaginations and clever thinking to understand our minds and how the world works. But I thought, well, I can't just leave it on a chat GPT answer. So I did some more diving and I went to the Philosophy Foundation based in the UK over your way. Philosophy is a way of thinking about certain subjects such as ethics, thought, existence, time, meaning, and value. That way of thinking involves four R's, responsiveness, reflection, reason, and re-evaluation. The aim is to deepen understanding. The hope is that by doing philosophy, we learn to think better, to act more wisely, and thereby help to improve the quality of our lives. This is it. I think what a nice way to sort of frame that at the end of that. You can see why we started this podcast, can't you, Simon? Yeah, absolutely. Plus, we <laughs> had nothing better to on do. Cha- on a cha- oh, yeah. <laughs> Wanted to change the world lockdown. and it was something handy to do in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> I can see various other explanations of it, but I think we're getting to the heart of it there. But uh, another one there is um, it's a largely but not exclusively non-empirical inquiry that attempts to identify and answer fundamental questions about the world including about what's valuable and disvaluable, which I didn't realize was a word, but non-empirical would be things that can't be tested in the real world. So it is thought experiments. That's what thought experiments is, non-empirical. You don't get evidence, but you can contemplate things through thought experiments that are in the mind. Yeah. Very good. And I was thinking about this, and I think one of my big takeaways from doing this show is that there can be two truths or there can be a number of truths. And we spoke about this with Dr. Marco Motto just a few weeks ago. There is alternate facts and different things, which we know has sort of sprung out of US politics. We all had a little bit of a laugh at and you go, no, a fact is a fact. But I think that idea of knowing there's a gray area where there is no right answer, which is something I've used a lot in my work with clients which can be also a little bit scary. Well, we we don't know what the right answer is. Yeah. So could be a number of, and, you know, both answers might be right. But it's quite interesting. I mean, to take it seriously for a minute, I mean, there's such polarization within a lot of the debates that are happening out there in the world on any number of different topics. Take your pick. Yeah. It's the abilities to sit in the grey that adopting a philosophical approach that's what it's yeah. good about it. It allows you to sit in the grey. And of course, extending that to businesses, organisations, there is a huge amount of grey. And so a lot of what we were trying to do with this was to say, look, can you sit in the grey? Can you be comfortable with ambiguity? Can you challenge your beliefs and assumptions? Can you challenge each other's beliefs and assumptions to get to where you want to get to, recognising that there's no right or wrong? There's kind of always that bit in the middle. first quote was socrates is all i know i know nothing and i happily subscribe yeah. to that <laughs> i've got it on a t-shirt <laughs> i probably need to get it on a mug to remind myself <laughs> sat on my desk and if you've been listening to this show for 80 odd episodes you'll go yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah <laughs> John, simon you genuinely <laughs> know bugger all <laughs> and we're happy with that Junior Socrates. Now, what I did discover, though, which I hadn't known before, philosophy can be categorized into seven main branches. And I read other places, there was four main branches, but these are the ones which I looked at today. So metaphysics, investigating the nature of reality. 
epistemology. I'm not sure if I've said that right. I want to say epistemology, but epistemology examines the nature of knowledge and truth. Ethics explores moral principles and values. Logic studies valued, valued, (laughs) valid reasoning and argumentation. Aesthetics, the nature of art and beauty. Political philosophy, so political institutions and justice, and philosophy of the mind, which is our consciousness and mental processes. Mm-hmm. And I love, I guess, we've got things like art and beauty, we've got the mind, we've got values, we've got truth, we've got reality, we've got reasoning. That's a really nice skill set to have, isn't it, for, for tackling complex problems or anything. And going back to when we started off with the whole idea of this, it was – I suppose partly driven by that idea of the questions in an organization might be, how should we work? How should we work together? And it was almost the epistemology, epistemologic. (laughs) (laughs) People are going to write in on this. Can you you not pronounce anything right? About how do we know what we know is is that uh, epistemology piece. And the ethics is, how should we be? How should I live? What kind of person should I be? And then we were saying, look, organizations can ask the same thing. It's their values, isn't it? It's how should we be? So again, it's the Socratic question brought into businesses, brought into organizations. That was what we were primarily interested in, or certainly one of the aspects we were interested in. And I think also a little bit with what Chi Ryan spoke about recently about post-design, if you look at some of these these things colliding like metaphysics, aesthetics, philosophy of mind, philosophy of politics, logic, epistemology, <laughs> knowledge and truth. doesn't seem like a bit of a mishmash of those. You know, post-design was many different things with absurdity and logic and all of these you know, mm. different things. For me, this study, when you look through these seven lenses, seems to combine a little bit of that as well. And I guess my heart jumps when anyone says aesthetics the nature of art and beauty as well. It's nice, isn't it? From, I guess, yeah. brings in that art expert, you know, pieces. Now, you are sharing a quote, though, from Nigel Warburton, who is a UK philosopher. He is, yeah, yeah. I'd love to think that we might be able to chat to Nigel at some point. So, Nigel, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, I'm sure let's, you are. let's get in touch. But Nigel's quote was quite nice as well. He said, what is philosophy? And he starts by saying, this is a notoriously difficult question. <laughs> You'd expect no other sort of response from a philosopher apart from that, actually. So yeah. it's, it's, always, it's always one of the best ways. One of the easiest ways of answering it is to say that philosophy is what philosophers do. And, and then point to the writings of Plato, Aristotle, Descartes, Hume and Kant and Wittgenstein and Sartre, all manner of famous philosophers. However, this answer is unlikely to be much use to you if you're just beginning the subject and you've got no idea who those writers are. <laughs> I is might have paraphrased like most... slightly, but, <laughs> yeah. but it's true, isn't it? You go and go, oh, yeah, philosophy, there you go. You don't know the starting point of who the, some of the key players are, but uh, we mention them on occasion. Is that not like a really frustrating answer, though, like to some extent, which is at the heart of philosophy, like there is maybe no one perfect answer, like saying, yeah. go read them, but they won't be any use because you won't have read anything by them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> But we've had this, haven't we? We've had philosophers on the show, and we know that when we say, hey, what question are you wrestling with at the minute? We were gone for like about three quarters of an hour deciding what a question yeah, was. Just- <laughs> you can make mean a by- cup of coffee. What, like- what do you mean by question? <laughs> 
So I was thinking, diving a little bit further out here, going to, again, uh, Chi Ryan recently spoke about her favourite French philosopher, Deleuze. I'm not sure, quite sure how you say his name. Is it Gilles? Spelt G-I-L-L-E-S. Gilles, maybe. Gilles Deleuze. Australians have a terrible pronunciation of anything outside of English, so my apologies. Now, his uh, definition of philosophy, and he did write a book, a very famous book, back in around 1990, What is Philosophy, was characterised by his emphasis on creativity, becoming, and the exploration of different modes of thought. Now, he also went into philosophy as a dynamic process of creating new concepts and connections, opening up new possibilities for understanding the complexities of existence. And he also sees philosophy as an ongoing engagement with the world aimed at disrupting fixed structures and hierarchical systems of thought. So put that in an organizational context, <laughs> or how la- nicely. Or, or normal language. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, you can understand that. <laughs> but you think, isn't that way of looking at the world of disrupting fixed structures like sacred cows and hierarchies yeah. that maybe shouldn't exist? I thought, what a yeah. lovely tie into uh no absolutely it is again and it is that challenging the status quo it's about challenging beliefs and assumptions and it doesn't happen often enough so yeah very much so that chimes with what we're really interested in and think of this as a dovetail to innovation his definition of philosophy emphasizes its role as a creative and transformative practice that challenges established modes of thought encourages the exploration of alternative perspectives and seeks to create new conceptual frameworks to better understand the complexities of existence i feel all change managers quivering with excitement <laughs> can you imagine can you imagine going to a meeting and if everyone was a philosopher sat in the meeting they would get nothing done would they there'd be nothing no absolutely <laughs> there'd be no progress but there would be a widening of thought so <laughs> anybody want a biscuit well there's a question now let's think about what is it? what is a biscuit what, what do we mean biscuit? by biscuit what you mean by biscuit is different to what i mean by biscuit oh for god's sake <laughs> Did you get back into ChatGPT again, didn't you? Did you find out more stuff from the AI overlords? Well, it's, it sort of wraps up a little bit of um, a little bit of this, but I guess one of the things that says philosophical inquiry often involves asking profound and abstract questions about the nature of reality, the meaning of life, the origins of knowledge, the limits of human understanding, and the principles that govern moral and ethical behaviour. But a good philosopher would say, well, what is ethics? What is morality? So maybe, uh, yeah, so it's along those lines, but I guess I like the other pieces outside of ChatBT as well. <laughs> but John, this has always been for us, well, how does this relate to the corporate world, which we both work in? What can we take in from it? What can we take into our working world? What can we take into our lives as well outside of work? Well, I suppose if we go back to what we were hopeful for, it was about flagging this as a, as a way for people in organisations, individuals, teams and leaders, etc., to be able to just pay attention, you know, really be sort of a, a tuned into doing some real critical thinking, which is at the heart of much of it, 
unpicking stuff, getting the clarity of language. You know, we laughed about, what do you mean by biscuit? When you say biscuit, what do you mean? <laughs> but, but there is that as well, isn't it? What do we mean? What are we talking about here? Can we get a common understanding? Can we pull things apart? Can we apply critical thinking and reasoning to challenge things and assumptions and beliefs that then hopefully is going to get us to a better place? So it improves critical thinking. That can lead to better conversations as there's an understanding of different perspectives. I mean, you'd recognize it as being something that unlocks what, what, innovation and creativity in an organization? Yeah, well, I think anytime you encourage to develop a new perspective and look at complex challenges with through new frames, which I know Roger Watson and Dr. Barbara Doran spoke of before, especially in his work in policing, when they started to look at things in new frames and new lenses, I think, yeah, it's absolutely essential to that. And I really like the how it asks asks us to look through a moral and ethical lens as well about making responsible decisions. And a client I work with, they have a responsible decision-making framework yeah. as well. And what I like about it, they said, look, it won't give you the perfect answer, but it'll help you ask some really good questions about the right way forward. So it might be around things they might do around sustainability, social license, social impact, impact on ecosystems and different things might even be around some political alliances and different things that I know they've gone through it. And they use this responsible decision-making framework, which I think is based in a little bit of our philosophy and ethics, even though they mightn't frame it that way, to say these are some things we've said no to, these are some things we've said yes to, and here's the reasons why, which we can move forward as, as an organisation. I think, obviously, that, that philosophical approach, that sort of approach of asking questions, getting to the heart of who are we, how should we work, etc. It's that raising of the self-awareness of the organisation, so it operates very consciously. And the other thing for me as well is the whole thing of understanding perspectives, diverse viewpoints, etc. That's all, again, for organisations. That improves teamwork, improves collaboration, opens up channels of communications, it improves interpersonal relationships and dynamics, I mean, all of that is all about ultimately the organization becoming more harmonious and productive. I think the last thing I would like to think around when you get various disciplines and insights cross over, and we often hear so much around diversity in organizations, and we've spoken with a number of guests, and here you have those different levels of diversity. You have the diversity meaning we have on gender or race or different things. So we look, we feel good, but then that's like maybe first level diversity. The fourth level of diversity, if I'm remembering this right, is those voices listened to and acted upon and valued. So it's that intersection of diverse thinking, not just diverse other ways of measuring diversity. But I think, you know, when we start to, when things mash up and collaborate and crisscross some of those interdisciplinary ways of thinking, we get a more holistic understanding of complex issues, John. So, Simon, I tell you what, this has been a great episode because I'm completely <laughs> reinvigorated and motivated and say, bloody hell, this is a good idea, isn't it? This podcast. <laughs> if now I don't want to blow me we trumpet were, we too much. It for. <laughs> but I just, just talking through it, you go, and I don't even think we've touched the surface still in terms of what it can offer. No. The more that we talk to our guests, I think the more we actually, we are constantly learning from the people we speak to. Some brilliant minds and fantastic thinkers that we get to, as quite a privilege, get to share some time with. I think it's building our understanding of the value of philosophy in organizations day in, day out. 
And what would you say, let's say we're looking at 80-odd episodes and then we're reflecting through that philosophy lens, what's been one, your maybe one learn? Like I said, my one which has really resonated for me and I think resonates well with uh, clients and organisations I work with is, hey, there's you know, <laughs> there's multiple truths here. That's always, and all some of you go, oh, hang on. So I think that's been my one, being comfortable in that ambiguous space. Is there one for you that might have shone above all others? I think I'm always going to probably come back to the power of questions. I think that for me is everything. I think too often teams, organizations are rushing to solutions. They think they have all the information. They're rushing to get things done. And I get the pressures. You know, we've recognized that as we've talked to people in this podcast, but there's always a better question. Make sure you're answering the right questions, but more than anything, don't don't come together with answers, come together with questions that you have. That for me, I think drives everything. So John, let's wrap this up. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends, uh, subscribe, which hit the little plus button up in the top of your uh, feed. Subscribe, tell your friends. And if you're that way inclined, you've got nothing to do on a Sunday afternoon at 2.33, leave a little review. And yes, we've actually been getting a lot more reviews. And this <laughs> one of the reviews said, usually insightful. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, take thought, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. And they're probably talking thought, about, no. and the usually means are the ones where we got guests on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But what we have come to leave is our little calling tagline at the end based on our many episodes, and that is stay curious, make stuff, have fun, play a little bit more. But when you leave the house today, make sure you go and date life.